0: Radio Health Journal. I'm Nancy Benson. This week, the strange medicine of the past and how it's fortunately changed.
1: The medicine practiced in the age of heroic medicine was probably worse than the medicine practiced by the ancient Greeks. Doctors still really had no idea what they were doing.
0: The strange ways medicine was practiced in the past when Radio Health Journal continues.
2: The human papillomavirus, or HPV, is a virus often associated with cervical cancer, but other types of HPV-linked cancers are increasing, including those of the head and neck, especially among middle-aged men. Dr. William Faquin, a pathologist at Massachusetts General Hospital and co-author of a new clinical guideline from the College of American Pathologists, the CAP, explains what you need to know. High-risk HPV causes over 70% of cancers in the back of the throat, the base of the tongue, and especially the tonsils. But accurate testing of these cancers can provide some good news. Certain common high-risk types of HPV are associated with a better prognosis and potentially need less aggressive treatment with fewer side effects that treatment produces. This is why the College of American Pathologists has issued a new guideline to help ensure that patients receive accurate testing and the best treatment specific to their cancer. Cancer fighting tools are increasing. Clinical practice guidelines like this one from the CAP help doctors know precisely which tools to use and when to produce the most effective treatment.
0: It's been said that in order to know where you're going, you must know where you've been. This can be applied to most aspects of life and medicine is no exception. But you may be shocked to know that the roots of modern medicine lie within some pretty bizarre practices.
1: Benjamin Rush was probably the strangest doctor and had some of the strangest practices. And in revolutionary times, he was probably America's best known and most respected doctor. He thought that Mental illness was basically caused by bad circulation to the brain. So to cure that, he decided he would hang his patients from the ceiling from ropes and spin them around, sometimes for hours on end. And he thought that would get the circulation going.
0: That's Nathan Belofsky, author of Strange Medicine, a shocking history of real medical practices through the ages.
1: He thought that shock and pain and horror would abate mental illness. So what he would do is he would starve his patients, he would beat them, he would stab them with knives, He would do anything to incite horror and shock and revulsion, and he thought that was the sure way to a cure of mental illness.
0: Bolovsky's book covers many similarly astonishing medical procedures from the time of the ancient Greeks all the way through the 1850s. He says that although medicine got off to a great start, the progression of it from there was rather slow.
1: Medicine got off to a pretty nice start with Hippocrates, a truly brilliant man, a very hands-on doctor, But from there, if anything, it actually got worse and worse, and it culminated in the age of heroic medicine, which was from about 1780 to about 1850, say around the time of President Lincoln. The medicine practiced in the age of heroic medicine was probably worse than the medicine practiced by the ancient Greeks. It was much more aggressive. Doctors still really had no idea what they were doing.
0: Many of the procedures performed in the past may be a little stomach-turning to hear about, but Bolofsky says that some of them were just as repugnant to people then as they are to us now.
1: There was a very famous surgeon in the 1800s, and he was the best-known surgeon. But back in those days, without anesthesia, surgeons had to work really fast to prevent shock and also just to keep the screaming to a minimum and the doctors would work so fast that they would sometimes accidentally hack off the wrong limb or the fingers of their assistants, and there was one particular operation where one of London's top doctors, first his patient died from infection. Probably wasn't much he could do about that, but also he lopped off the fingers of his assistant, and during that same operation, he also, in his haste, accidentally slashed the coat of someone who was watching the operation very close by, and that person became so scared, he went into shock and actually died. And I did check that out, and it seems to be a true story, as unbelievable as it sounds.
0: Doctors back then also followed a much different set of standards that ruled the way they practiced medicine.
1: By, I believe it was the 1300s, 1400s in Europe, Doctors by law had to carry horoscopes in their medical bags. The horoscopes would tell them exactly when to do a medical procedure. For example, if they needed to do brain surgery, again, with a fractured skull or something similar to that, they would wait until the moon was in a certain phase because it was felt that the gravity from the moon would exert its pressure on the dura matter of the brain, the soft and liquid parts inside the skull, and it might raise the liquid in the brain too much. And if you just had a simple, say, headache or toothache, they'd also have specific times of the month, say, April 14th for that.
0: So with all of the astounding medical methods of the past, were any of them effective?
1: The success rate was virtually zero. And what's most striking, aside from the bizarre practices themselves, was the doctor's failure to really look back and see what their success ratio was. They never asked the question, is this working? They just did it. They never took notes. They never compared. These days, we have evidence-based medicine. It's very sophisticated. But back then, they wouldn't even just ask simple questions like, is this working? They would just do it because the guy before them did it or the guy before him did it or Plato did it. There was just no common sense. And that was a theme through medicine from the time of Hippocrates until about the 1850s.
0: While the majority of crude procedures did not yield success, Bolovsky does admit there were a select few that were successful.
1: The ancient Greeks had some remarkable procedures. One was trepanation. That's a procedure where if someone had an injury to their skull, say a skull fracture, the ancient Greeks would actually use a drill and drill a hole into the skull. The drill would get so hot that they would have a bucket nearby full of cold water to cool it off from the friction. And apparently that technique worked because we found skulls of people who survived that technique, and we can tell from the rings growing in the skull. So that was a remarkably sophisticated technique.
0: But doctors of the past didn't deal with just physical illness. They also treated matters of the heart.
1: Love sickness was first discovered, if you will, by um, the ancient Greeks. In fact, the great Greek doctor Galen, he classified love sickness as a type of depression or melancholy. And to him, the best way to treat melancholy and love sickness was by opening the hemorrhoids. By the 1500s, Renaissance doctors were talking about love sickness. They said that if it got very serious, a person would basically howl like a wolf and die. And they had all sorts of bizarre cures. One of them was lining people with lead shields. Of course, they would take out their blood many pints at a time. They'd apply what were essentially branding irons to their forehead. They thought that was good for love sickness. And they had other sorts of bizarre treatments for love sickness.
0: Regardless of the diseases they were treating, it's safe to say that the medical field has come a long way from its humble and rather odd beginnings. You can find out more about Nathan Bolofsky and his book, Strange Medicine, A Shocking History of Real Medical Practices Through the Ages, at strangemedicine.com. For more information about all of our guests, visit RadioHealthJournal.net. Our production directors are Sean Waldron and Nick Hofstra. I'm Nancy Benson.
2: Radio Health Journal returns with medical notes in just a moment.
3: Celebrity fitness trainer Bob Harper was the picture of health, turning his passion for fitness into a career training others to live a healthy lifestyle and reach their fitness goals. But a severe heart attack in February 2017 changed his life. To help heart attack survivors share their stories and inspire others, Harper and AstraZeneca are partnering to launch Survivors Have Heart, an essay contest where heart attack survivors can share their personal journey and connect with other survivors, including Harper. Heart attack survivors are encouraged to visit SurvivorsHaveHeart.com for details and to enter for a chance to travel to New York City to celebrate survivorship with Bob Harper. Harper is focused on his recovery and getting his health and fitness back on track. After his heart attack, in addition to making lifestyle changes, Harper's doctor prescribed Berlinta Ticagrelor 90-milligram tablets made by AstraZeneca to help reduce the chance of another heart attack or dying from one. When considering treatment options for you after a recent heart attack, be sure to ask your doctor if Brilinta is right for you. Brilinta is a prescription for adults who have been hospitalized for a heart attack, also known as acute coronary syndrome. Brilinta is used to lower your chance of having another heart attack or dying from one. Take Brilinta twice daily with low-dose aspirin once daily. Do not take aspirin more than 100 mg daily as this affects how well Brilinta works. Don't stop taking Berlenta without talking to your doctor since stopping it too soon increases your risk of clots in your stent, heart attack, stroke, and even death. Berlenta may cause bruising or bleeding more easily or serious, sometimes fatal bleeding. Don't take Berlenta if you have bleeding like stomach ulcers, a history of bleeding in the brain, or severe liver problems. Slow heart rhythm has been reported. Tell your doctor about bleeding, new or unexpected shortness of breath, any planned surgery, and all medicines you take. For more information, see our ad in Weight Watchers magazine. Visit Brilinta.com or call 1-800-BRILINTA. If you can't afford your medication, AstraZeneca may be able to help.
2: Medical Notes this week. About 80% of people undergoing cancer treatment suffer from chemo brain, a mental fogginess and forgetfulness that can last at least six months after treatment is over. Now, a pilot study confirms that inflammation in the blood plays a key role in chemo brain. The study in the Journal of Neuroimmunology tracked 22 breast cancer patients taking chemotherapy and found that a specific marker for blood inflammation strongly correlated with chemo brain. The next step could be testing anti-inflammatory drugs for their ability to improve mental abilities during cancer treatment. A new study shows that attempted suicides are way up among American girls over the last 15 years. Drug overdoses and other forms of self-harm, such as cutting, are also on the rise according to a study in the Journal of the American Medical Association. Among girls aged 10 to 14, rates of attempted suicide and self-harm nearly tripled between 2009 and 2015. Other age groups increased more slowly among girls, and rates among boys were nearly steady. Experts say bullying, especially cyberbullying, could be one cause for the increase. If your neighbor swears that the diet she's been on will help you, take it with a grain of salt. A new study in the journal Genetics shows that one diet doesn't fit all, depending on our genes. The study divided animals into four groups by gene type and gave them a variety of different diets. For example, one of those tested was an Atkins-type diet. Two of the four groups did well on Atkins, but two other groups with slightly different genetics became obese with fatty livers and high cholesterol. Now doctors have to figure out what it means for people. Experts say that walking is one of the best exercises you can do, but a new study in the Journal of the Lancet shows that where you walk can almost completely reverse walking's good effects. Researchers recruited two groups of people over age 60 and had them take two-hour walks. Those walking in a city park showed substantial improvements in heart and lung health, but those assigned to walk along high-traffic city streets, exposed to car exhaust, benefited far less. And finally, a lot of people have trouble remembering to take their medication, especially if they suffer from a mental illness. Now the FDA has approved a pill that lets the patient's doctor know they took it. The notification sensor will be embedded in a pill with an antipsychotic drug. When ingested, it transmits to a smartphone app and ultimately to your doctor. And that's Medical Notes this week.